Ruth, and welcome back to the podcast, Ruth's Truths. I'm really, really excited for you to listen to this episode, but I have to remind you, everything that I'm saying in this episode is based on my experiences, my thoughts, or opinions, and at the center of all of that is just my truths. Whether or not you can agree or relate to it, I hope you simply just enjoy it. Let's get into the episode. Ruth recaps. Oh my gosh. Welcome to the 15th or 16th episode. I started this podcast because I wanted to get out one message about what people do not talk about about being adopted. Come to find out I have a thousand other things that I wanted to say. And I'm really, really excited that other people have identified with it. A lot of people always ask me like, how many plays does your podcast get? Right now I have about 746 plays in total. And if you don't know, plays are calculated by like people who start it and get to a certain point. And my very first episode has the most, which is really comforting to me because I think if I were wanting to say anything, it was, when nobody talks about when being adopted. So the fact that that's received well makes me really happy. And you know, I just really appreciate the fact that somebody could take time out of their day not to only listen to what I have to say about something they either relate to, don't relate to, or can learn from, and then just let me know. That is so comforting. So if you would like to let me know, my Instagram is Roots Truths Podcast. It's the same as my email address. That's so, so convenient. convenient. I need to put that at the start of my my old episodes because there are probably so many people who do not know what to do with it because they're not going to write me an email. Who writes emails anymore? Unless you're a professor or something. Speaking of professors, I recently found out that one of my favorite professors... <laughs> oh, this is so embarrassing. I found out that one of my favorite pers- professors adopted and he didn't adopt recently he adopted like 30 years ago which is cool anyways when i found that out because he kind of just told the class in the middle of talking about some something with race relations and he was telling us about his son's experience with the police something related to like we don't know what african americans go through i would know because i have an african american son when i heard that i was like oh my god for real That's crazy. This makes me so, in my head, just being like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to tell him. I can't wait to bond over these things. He's one of my favorite professors. This just makes him 10 times cooler. (laughs) All these things going through my head. When somebody mentions that they're adopted or they have some sort of string to adoption, it gets me pumped. 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 It gets me so excited. Just because it's kind of rare, honestly, for somebody to adopt or to be adopted. And for them, I'm gonna sound so garbage when I say this. And for me to end up liking them. I feel like there's a lot of like white savior types or whitewashed adoptees who don't really, I don't really click with. There just is a lot of them. I'm just gonna be 100% honest. But one of my favorite professors telling me like he adopted, I was like, that's so cool. Plus he said he's psych. I was like, wow, you're gonna know like, (laughs) you're gonna know all the things about about adoption. I cannot wait to talk to you about this. this. So when he was telling us, I was kind of just in my seat, like, wow, nobody knows that I'm freaking out, but I'm freaking out. Um, I waited like a week or so to tell him because I wasn't, so I waited a while to tell him. I was one of the last people to take my psych test 
and he was cleaning up all the tables and I was like oh it's finally my time to tell him I'm gonna tell him we're gonna have such a good time and after we talk about adoption I'm gonna tell him about this podcast and he's gonna listen to this podcast and he's gonna give me some feedback and then I'm gonna be so happy and it'll be so great that's one of the things about being like an introverted empath is like I envision all of these crazy scenarios where I'll like develop friendships with people or like I'll have like some great talks in my head and I'll be like that's how it's gonna go anyways it didn't go like that I walked up to him and I was like I think it's so cool that you've adopted I'm also adopted (laughs) isn't that crazy I didn't say isn't that crazy but in my head I was kind of like "Ah, I can't wait for him to respond and he looked at me and he was like oh okay cool oh oh you don't care okay cool I'm just gonna leave the classroom and then I left and I was super embarrassed because I was so excited to tell him and I was so excited for us to bond because he doesn't know I have this deep appreciation for him and what he teaches and that him adopting just made him 10 times cooler. And I thought I was going to be looked at as 10 times cooler for having this little bond with him. He didn't even care. <laughs> I don't expect anybody to be interested in my life just because we have something like in common with adoption. But you know what, I almost kind of do. Because especially when you're a professor, professors love talking to students, at least at the school that I go to. We talk about the most random things, especially him. And if you can talk about something as rare as adoption, it feels like something that's deeper than just like, what do you want to do with your major? Um, What are you doing today? How are you feeling? It feels like there are years and years of different emotions you could tell somebody about. Anyways, I was just, I was just so excited. And he just simply didn't have anything to offer me and I was just kind of shocked and kind of hurt by that. I'm still feeling a little bit sad because the next time, the next class session that we had, um, I definitely wasn't participating as much as I normally would. I'm always that girl that participates just because I don't like silence in classrooms, especially like if I want to say something or if the professor gives us a question or scenario, whatever, and I know the answer, just raise your hand and do it. Actually, let me just say this to all of my students. Just raise your hand and participate so the class can go by quicker. Thank you. When people don't, this is not middle school. Stop being so scared of everybody else. Just make the class go by quicker and participate. Anyways, I didn't participate in his class that much just because I felt so rejected by him. (laughs) That leads me that doesn't even lead me to today's topic, but I just want to get on to today's topic before I start to get emotional. <laughs> My unpopular opinions. Hey, my name is Ruth, if you're new here, and I have a bunch of opinions that I formed over the years, and I only say about mm, like 50% of them out loud because the other ones would scare everybody off. So I just don't even mention them. Honestly, I think that my experience being a Ugandan born, Rwandan raised, but very Americanized immigrant living in America and being adopted has made me form some un- some unpopular opinions just because I don't feel like I relate to the majority of people. So let's get into the unpopular opinions of mine that I'm actually kind of scared to say because I really don't want to hear from some people being like, you know what, you know I, what disagree I disagree because... because blah, 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 blah. 
is Roots Troops, I'm admitting to you that I really don't know much about anything. I just know much about my experience and my experiences and my thoughts have led me to say these things. So if you disagree, boo-hoo. Boo-hoo, start your own podcast and <laughs> talk about it. I'm so mean, but I'm actually not though. First unpopular opinion is that actually, this isn't even an unpopular opinion, but it kind of goes with what I'm saying. Unpopular opinions aren't even really that unpopular. I think a lot of people just are scared to go against the majority. So there could be a lot more popular unpopular opinions that everybody has, but nobody is really willing to say. That really wasn't even the opinion that I have. That's just something I wanted to say. That's just a disclaimer. I think that you should be able to trick or treat at any age and for it to be socially acceptable. And you're like, is that even an unpopular opinion? Because some people do it anyways. It's just that I know that it's weird. I know it's weird if some 50 year old man shows up at your door alone and is like, you got some Kit Kats. I know that's weird. But I would love for it to be socially acceptable for when I'm 30, for me and my 30 year old friends to go out and get some candy. <laughs> um, I would really like to have children by the time I'm 30. Please check on me and make sure I'm okay if I don't. But if I don't have kids by the time I'm 28 or I don't know if I'm older, if I am visibly older and I would like some free candy, I would like to not feel nervous about being judged by other adults. I know it makes me look like I'm some sort of serial killer. Uh, well, maybe not me. Let's say somebody who's like a man and older because I feel like we are willing to give women the benefit of the doubt. Let's say like a man, like my boyfriend. My boyfriend would definitely trick or treat <laughs> if it was socially acceptable. I wish it was socially acceptable and people were fine with older people just like trick or treating because they want some free candy. We all like free candy. There isn't a point in your life where you're just like, eh, <laughs> I could do without the candy. It may be like some candies, but we all like some free stuff. Adults the most. That's why they steal their children's candy. I actually really didn't trick or treat that much. Growing up in Africa, you don't trick or treat. You go to little like parties with your little American friends and that's where you trick or treat and that's pretty much it but when i got to america trick-or-treating was so fun even though i didn't really do it that much i think that you get to a certain point when you're done with middle school and high school where creativity and pursuing creative projects or costumes gets to a point where it's like that's for children and i really don't like that as a creative type myself i would always participate in you know like spirit weeks or like costume days whatever just because it's so fun it is so fun you can't deny it i know some people are like some people genuinely just don't like it and don't care about the societal norms they just don't like that type of stuff but halloween is fun and i think the creative projects and costumes shouldn't be seen as a childish thing because I feel like we kind of have this norm. I don't know if I'm making it too deep. Let's see. There's like this norm where if you pursue creativity, creative projects, a creative lifestyle, a creative career, like that's just a hobby thing and that's for children. And I really, I wish it wasn't that way.
this next one in seriousness is like night and day with the last one the last one was very childish and light and like eh, you know i wish i could trick or treat but it, this one's like serious <laughs> not serious but it's kind of controversial so i want to give my opinion on this but i don't really feel very qualified because this the group i'm speaking on is not my own group i think that saying the term african-american or like referring to people as african-american is outdated and i think that african-americans should just be black americans but as someone who is african living in america i don't feel like i am valid for saying that at all and i don't think and i don't think that anybody should feel the need to validate me for that because it's like it's just my opinion but it doesn't really matter that much because i'm not of african-american descent so it's like you don't have to listen to me you really don't <laughs> i i feel like if you don't know your specific african ancestry then it just kind of doesn't feel right for you people who are african-american to claim the african label wow this is coming off like so bold i feel like because <laughs> i'm just talking about a whole entire people group also the amount of african-americans who don't even know about africa is is a lot. I feel like if you do know your specific African ancestry, if you do have connections to it, then it just feels more valid. But even just saying African-American, it doesn't sound right. Whenever, <laughs> whenever my family, my very white family, refers to people as African-American, I'm like, yuck, please, <laughs> can we not? um just say black like i know some people are very uncomfortable with saying black because it kind of sounds off too but it just sounds much better than african-american african-american is what like white people who are scared to sound racist say you can you can just call african-americans black americans and there goes my struggle with not knowing whether or not i can speak on this because i just said you can call everyone black in america but i don't know if everyone black in america feels that way but anyways, just in my opinion, the amount of times that people have referred to me as African-American, not knowing I'm not even of African-American descent has been a lot. And I think the only real way to fix it is to recognize that everyone in America who is African-American, who is of African-American descent, I would think identifies as black and can be called black but not everybody who's black in america is african-american so if you just say black americans it just makes it so much more simple and it's more correct sounding at least to me at least to me so when people say like african-american that african-american boy <laughs> just like wow that's super old sounding very outdated <laughs> So my next one is not gonna, that's probably the most serious one that I have. I know a lot of people are gonna be like, <gasps> super cringe, super uncomfortable by that, just cause you know, like, we don't like to talk about race, <laughs> but we're talking about it today. This next one, some people are definitely gonna feel, cause if you know me, you know I stand by this, but if you don't know me and you're an extrovert, um, let loners be loners. I say this with a mix of opinions throw in, thrown into it, but I think if you're someone who's very selective about who they hang out with, it's fine to not want to be friends with people. But we live in a very, very extroverted world. Well, let me just say if you live in America, you live in a very extroverted culture where it's like, if you see somebody alone, if you see that somebody's looking lonely or doesn't have many friends, introduce them to some people. 
or like go talk to them. If somebody's sitting alone, make sure you're, they're okay. Yuck, let people be alone. <laughs> so on campus and many times in high school, I just feel like there's this unspoken rule that if somebody's nice to you and shows interest in you, then you're obligated to like them back. And that kind of goes with my let loners be loners, just cause ugh, the push for people always wanting to be your friend when you are alone and you not being interested, I feel like is like, can come off very like, what did I do wrong? Or there must be something wrong with them or there must be something wrong with me. And this kind of stems from my own personal experience, honestly, just because I'm now realizing that there are a handful of people that like me or take interest in me that I don't really want to pursue friendships with. And anytime I tell anyone about it, like any one of our mutual friends, mutual friend of the friend trying to pursue me, they're like, why don't you like so-and-so? They're so great, you should be friends with them. People are more drawn to convincing people to bond than opposed to them, like uh, accepting that I'm not wanting to be friends with them or that people are just not open to being friends. If you don't want to be friends with somebody who wants to be friends with you, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. They're completely just not your vibe. I hate that I said vibe, I really do, but it's just the, it's just the best fit. <laughs> I think it's fully fine if somebody likes you more than you like them and you don't wanna pursue things. Like, it's not mean of you. And I really struggled with that for a lot, a long time. I've been pulled into friendships for years upon years. <laughs> based on me not wanting to make somebody upset that I didn't want to be friends with them. Just because I just feel like this is very normal for people to be like, oh, you don't like me? There must be conflict. Or like, if you don't like me, then there's going to be a conflict. I mean, yeah, a lot of people are nice and I've met a lot, a lot of people, but I'm not going to like the majority of people that I meet. And I don't think that anybody really does. Even if you do become friends with them, doesn't mean that you're going to end up liking them long-term. I said this in the moving from Africa to America episode, but I used to personality mirror a lot of people in order for them to be friends with me or in order for them to like me better. Just because I never fully related to people, especially in the suburbs, like in the American suburbs, because 10 times out of 10, they were never little petite Ugandan-born, Rwandan-raised adoptees who moved around a lot. Like we didn't have a lot of the same experiences. And now that I'm older, I don't look for people who mirror me or my story or I don't mirror people just because there are very few people that I identify with and that I will eventually build long-term friendships with. And that's okay. Cause I only have about, I have like a handful of friends which is completely fine because I would rather, I don't know who said this, but there was some quote somewhere that said, um, I would rather be comfortable being alone than in a group of people that make me feel alone. And I just feel very, very alone with a lot of people I don't identify with. Like I'm very friendly. It doesn't mean that I'm like closed off and just this loner girl, like I'm, I like to be to myself, but I don't like when people force me to socialize with them. That brings me to my next one. This is for all the moms and dads out there. This is mom and dad, dear mom and dad. Just because somebody's my age and they were raised similar to me, 
doesn't mean we were bound to be friends. You know, I feel like a lot of teenagers have needed to say that one forever because I feel like I had a lot of conversations when I was a teenager and my parents were like, you should be friends with so-and-so. They're from Africa and they're 17 just like you. In your head, just be like, cool. I couldn't care less. <laughs> oh, yikes. And you know what? Our parents are trying our hardest. But I just remember feeling that when I was younger and I kind of still feel it now. Like, especially the part where people think, people, parents, think that anyone your age is going to identify with you and be friends with you. I think this might be an immigrant thing as well too. Even though my parents aren't immigrants, they kind of have that immigrant experience. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking talking about. about. I don't know how to properly talk about this. But I think when you come from another country and you live in America, it's kind of assumed that anybody else that you meet from your like home country and who's around your age is going to be friends with you just because it's like, oh, you guys have similar experiences. Isn't that so cool? <laughs> I'm speaking from personal experience, but I know a lot of other people feel this way. I'm really different than the typical African immigrant. I feel like a very Americanized African immigrant, but not even that, I just, like the way that I've moved around, the way that I'm set up is just not normal. (laughs) But also other immigrants have different experiences as well. Like we're all going through very different things. When I was younger, if people matched one or more of my components that made me who I was, like being adopted, moving from Rwanda to America, living in Uganda, I feel like my parents specifically were like, yep. they're gonna be friends and honestly i don't have a lot of friends in my circle that mirror me like i i don't really feel like i have anybody in my friends who that mirrors me the only other adoptee i'm close to is grace shout out grace bradley i love you (laughs) and even though we're both black and adopted and we get along really well we have a lot of things in common she's not my very best friend i identify with her a little bit less there are a lot of things I identify with her very strongly, but I identify with her a little bit less than I identify with my own very best friend of six years. Best friend is one, a boy, very different from me, six foot something, a year younger than me, wasn't adopted, hasn't moved around a lot, just very different than me. <laughs> so when parents push, I'm gonna try so hard not to do this. Ah, don't we all say that? I feel like we all said like, when I'm an adult, when I'm a parent, I'm never gonna do this. (laughs) How ignorant. Anyways, I'm gonna try to really not do that. But yeah, you don't always identify with people who you have a lot of things in common with. So parents, don't push it. (laughs) Okay, that leads me to my next one as I was talking about best friends. I don't really know where everybody is on the whole can guys and girls be best friends without anything happening i yikes i was gonna say i don't think so that is false (laughs) i think guys and girls can be best friends platonically if one is not attracted to the other like if one of them doesn't have uh, an attraction yeah they can definitely be best friends not saying that you have to have like an ugly best friend but i just feel like There are just so many things that could happen if you are attracted to one of your friends. Personally, I'm not attracted to any of my guy friends. 
can I say some of them are attractive? Yeah, not to me. Um, just because I would never want to be in that position at all to where I could make the attraction grow in any type of way and feel a little bit uncomfortable. So I, don't, I think that you can be best friends with somebody as long as you're not attracted to them if they're of the opposite sex. I'm fine if my boyfriend has like friends who are girls as long as I'm not given, given any reason to dislike them and I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't feel intimidated by any of his friends. I'm not saying they're not attractive, but I know who I am. <laughs> I'm gonna do the last ones, kind of just like a rapid fire type thing because I have probably given maybe three unpopular opinions and they've lasted 15 minutes. So we're just not gonna focus on some of these unpopular opinion friends was not that good of a show i think friends was kind of maybe for its time it was like whoa friends is so cool and funny and they're all living together and it's so cool that they're all dating each other but i watch friends now and i'm like it's really not that entertaining i don't like it i don't understand what the hype is about and that's just me I think you get to a certain age where, and I know this is really stupid for me to say like, you get to a certain age when I was like, I think Halloween should be for everybody. I know. But I think you get to a certain age where TikTok and Snapchat are just just a little bit too young for you. Uh, I would give out a specific age, but I know that my brother does not fall under the age. <laughs> <laughs> what I was about to say <laughs> and I don't want to hurt his feelings love you so much but I just think that at a certain point you're just a little bit too old for certain apps and those apps just happen to be snapchat and tiktok if you're like an older person on snapchat for the surveillance of your children or your nieces or whatever then cool i feel like i'm gonna offend so many people but it's fine something else that is overhyped is lululemon why do people buy leggings from lululemon if their products are so expensive but they look just like leggings that are inexpensive Every time somebody shows me something that they get from Lululemon, or if I see Lululemon leggings, they don't really stand out to me. They're not very exciting. I don't know why people pay so much money for plain black leggings, or maybe some black leggings with like two graphics on it, and for it to be like $60, when you could just buy the same exact pair for $20 at a less expensive place with more exciting designs i don't i don't get it can somebody explain it to me i i can't comprehend why um fall is not the best season and a lot of people seem to think so i don't know why because whenever you ask a basic why fall is the best season she will always say you know i love slipping on my my ugg boots <laughs> just kidding nobody really wears uggs anymore do they i don't know so I love slipping on my mid-calf boots. I love putting on my Lululemon leggings. I love going to Starbucks early in the morning, getting my pumpkin spice right before class, looking down at my white sweater, looking at the fall leaves, hearing them crunch underneath my feet. I love 
fall. If you're over the age of 30, you're probably like, what does that mean? What is that? That is the basic morning fall routine. And people seem to love describing that when talking about fall for some reason. And fall, is fall really the best season only for its aesthetic? And summer doesn't have like a cohesive aesthetic. So that's why people don't like it. I think summer is just top because you can do pretty much anything you want to do except for wear your fall outfits of course without any restriction related to weather like maybe some days are too hot but i'd rather be too hot than too cold this is my very last one as you can tell by the timestamp if you're looking at the time anyways i don't think christmas is all that i love jesus i love celebrating him <laughs> i do i like going to christmas services i like doing all that christmas junk I like aspects of Christmas. You know, I just think it just goes on too long. The whole season lasting pretty much the whole month is just too much for me. I think Christmas would be fun if we condensed it into a week. Can we get that started? Please. <laughs> I would love that. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. I really, really hope that you took away at least one thing of value and you let me know exactly what that is. If you want, you can email me at ruthstruthspodcast at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram at maryruthj. And if you want, you can help support this podcast and all of the creative energy and all of the time I put into it. But if you do, the link is in the podcast description and I'll see you in the next episode.